All right. Good morning, Heart Church, and uh, and everybody that's live. Uh, man, I'm so excited that uh, we get to do this. Uh, welcome right where you are at Facebook. I'm just going to kind of chat for a few minutes as people are jumping on. Um, my name is Shane Rogers, and I'm the Heart Church pastor here, along with my wife, Heather, who's at home uh, with our daughter, Haley. And uh, it looks like they've got the... Um, coffee and donuts, but I want to give just a couple shout outs. Uh, Amber, thanks for jumping on. Crystal, uh, Virginia. Hey, I wanted to remind you guys to uh, use that uh, comment section because, again, in, the, in light of what we have going on here with uh, the social distancing that Dylan and I are doing, um, this is our community. So whether or not you're uh, tuning in from Escondido, somewhere in, uh, in San Diego, or even uh, way up in Washington, shout out to my brother, uh, Melissa Aiden. I saw you guys were on here uh, in Puyallup, Washington. Welcome. So glad you guys are here. Love you guys. And uh, yeah, it looks like Amy's on, uh, Amy Jordan, uh, Linda, shout out to you, Kristen. By the way, Kristen, uh, who's Dylan's wife. This is Dylan, everybody. Say hi, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. Everyone sing hi to you hi, Dylan. online. <laughs> Social distancing. Uh, but uh, Dylan's <laughs> wife, Kristen, uh, manages our social media platform, and so she's kind of going to be facilitating conversations. It's a great place also to submit prayer requests, so um, everybody go ahead and share that, uh, share this uh, live party so everyone can kind of know where we're at, and then uh, use those comments to post prayer requests. Uh, yeah, so good. Grace Stone, or, or Sloan, so good to uh, see you. Uh, Kayleen Thornton is watching from Texas. Uh, wow, awesome to have you on here. Uh, we just love you guys. Uh, we got Mike here on the drums. He's awesome. And then, of course, Adam. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Adam is definitely practicing social uh, distancing. But uh, we're really excited about what God has for us. And so, hey, um, as, as we sort of prepare our hearts, I want to pray. And, and just believe that God's getting ready to do something supernatural. And uh, just imagine that across the nation, people are gathering uh, in homes, in, in bedrooms, living rooms. Some people are driving on the car, watching, tuning in. Uh, everywhere across the nation, people are doing this right here. And we're just believing that uh, even in the midst of a situation like this, we can come together socially and encounter the Lord. And so, will you bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at? And Father God, we just choose to fix our eyes on you. We fix our gaze upon the one of which is our anchor and our hope. And so I just ask, just in the next few moments, even despite the fact that we're not gathering physically, Jesus, that your love would permeate every living room, every bedroom. God, that we would encounter you like never before in this moment for such a time as this. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship with us.
worship you You are here Working in this place I worship you I worship you You are here Moving in our midst I worship you I worship you You are here Working in this place I worship you I worship you Waymaker Waymaker Miracle worker Promise keeper Light in the darkness My God That is who you are you are waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Oh, you're turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Mending every
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And we make a miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make a go back on your promises you're the way maker you're the trailblazer you always find a way you always find a way you always find a way before, uh, we really want to tackle uh, prayer requests and things that are going on. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that are being affected and some more than others. And so I just want to recognize in this moment as we uh, just pause for a moment uh, in our busyness of self-quarantine, 
and just really go to the Lord in prayer. And I'm thinking about the people that call Heart Church home in particular and the needs that, that I'm aware of, but I know that there's a lot more that I'm not even aware of. And uh, you just need to know that we're lifting you guys up. Those people that maybe don't call Heart Church home yet, maybe you're in Escondido, maybe you're tuning in and you're just kind of like, man, I'm trying to find some hope and make sense of all this. Or maybe you're tuning in from somewhere else in the country. Uh, we just want you to know that uh, we're really contending as a church for God to show up in profound ways. And as I was thinking about that, uh, I was just thinking about Ephesians chapter three, and I want to read this scripture to you. And it's Paul, and it's kind of his prayer, and and consequently uh, our prayer this morning. And it says in verse fourteen, "For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that the according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit." in your inner being. I mean, I'll tell you what, like, I don't know about you, but I need that right now. I need strength in my inner being. It doesn't come from anywhere else but the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're praying for. And that's what we're going after. And it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, the width and length and height of the love of God that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And then he says, now to him, not our government, not our president, not the world, not your friends, to him, the one who holds it all together, the one that we are casting our gaze on, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory to the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Father God, as we come to you this morning, we not only come to celebrate and to lift your name up, but God, some of us come heavy-hearted and whether it's just general anxiety and worry or if it's practical things like employment, finances, God, uh, maybe loved ones that are struggling with illnesses or at risk. And so Jesus, it's with those things that we come to you. And Father, we thank you that you are a miracle working God. You hold all things in the palm of your hand and we trust you. You're still working. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name.
final breath and it was finished but not at the end we could have known for the earth began to shake
started our church, this was about two years ago, Heart Church here in Escondido. Uh, we started in a home, the Goodman's home, amazing people. And I don't know, there was like 20 of us. And sometimes there was 15, sometimes there was 25, but we were kind of huddled up in the, in the living room and we had an acoustic guitar and, uh, and we, we would sing. And for the first like six months, we didn't even have a speaker. We didn't plug in. It was literally acapella live. And it was like some of the most precious times because we all learned how to just like sing it out and Adam was there and uh I love Adam's voice it's amazing because uh because he's a worshiper and 
So I just want to go into that course one more time, and I just kind of want us to pretend like we're back, and in, in, in like those of you who were there know what I'm talking about, but if you weren't there, you can sort of be there in spirit, and just we're just going to sing this chorus one more time, and I just want us to pretend like we're in that house, and there's nothing to prove. We're just literally singing it out with all of our might, knowing that when we declare something with our mouth, it signals something in our spirit. And it says, listen, there's somebody else on the throne here, and it's not me, and it's not the government, it's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when we sing that, that evokes something in our spirit that I think is crucial for us this morning. So come on, let's sing it out. And I'm going to keep my mic on, because I'm going to sing it. Oh, hail King Jesus. Come on, let's sing it out. Oh, give our band a hand all over you guys people are just celebrating you guys are awesome well um i want to dive right in and uh i want to start with a scripture and um many of you know this i was a part of a uh, a series i was doing a series for a little while on on the gifts and we've sort of paused from that and man i can't help but like lean into what we're doing and, and what we're what's going on the world's changing literally every every day every 48 hours it's like we have something new we're in california and so as you know we're kind of on a, a serious lockdown uh there's no one here but the team just making this happen uh and so i, I mean i really want to lean into that and so i want to start by reading a scripture and, and all my slides will be up here on the screen. And uh, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, disappointed, or afraid. Man, we can stop right there and just kind of pause and say, man, that is going to be my declaration. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be disappointed. And I'm not going to be afraid in this time. Though our outward self is wasting away, yet our inward self is being renewed day by day. Even in quarantine, we're being renewed day by day. For our momentary passing trouble, this too will pass, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. So, do not, so don't look at your troubles. Uh, don't look at the troubles we can see now. That's really important. Rather, fix our gaze on what we cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Uh, there's a, a quote by C.S. Lewis 
that I sort of stumbled upon that, that I loved, and I loved the cape. Um, listen, I'm going to have some fun today. I feel like we need a little bit of levity, but I believe God has a message for us, and so just bear with me, but uh, I love the cape. Anyway, this quote says, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. At home, wherever you're at, turn to your neighbor, turn to your family member and say, I was made for this. I was made for this, for this time, for this season, for what's going on. I was made for this. And this is sort of a shout out to all the kids that are watching um, because this is the Apostle Paul. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is the Hulk. And um, I love this meme that I found. It's, it's like I was made for this. <laughs> I love this. But uh, a shout out to all our, my, my kids absolutely love Marvel. Uh, obviously, this is the Hulk. But so this is the title. This is what we're going after today is I was made for this. That th- this, this doesn't catch me by surprise. Uh, I'm not stuck wondering, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. But, but I was made for this. And so um, we're going to dive into a story uh, of two Christ followers, uh, a part of the early church. This is after Christ died and was raised to life. And so this is truly the birth of the church. And we're going to talk about a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, and then uh, Silas, one of his uh, companions. And we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 16. Some of you, this is sort of a familiar story, um, but uh, we're going to pick up in, verse, in uh, chapter 16, verse 23, and it says, And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. This is Paul and Silas, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. About midnight, everyone say about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaking. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw that the the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself! For we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. What an amazing story. What an amazing response. Father God, I pray for your word today and just over the next few moments as I have an opportunity to share some things that you laid on my heart. God, I pray that you would speak. God, I pray that you would allow us to all lean in to your word today, not just in this moment, but in the coming weeks as it is truly the light that lights our feet and our path. It is our lamp that you have given us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you were made for this. And I, I love this story. We're going to kind of pick apart a few of the things. 
uh, about this story. I think it's very relevant to where we are. And, and the first thing that I'm going to highlight is uh, in verse 25. And verse 25 is kind of packed. All three of my points are in that one verse. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. About midnight. I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what, what would they ordinarily be doing at midnight. I, I promise you they wouldn't be awake. I mean, there's no Netflix. There's no YouTube. They're not, you know, they're not scrolling the internet or, wa- or, or watching movies back in these times. If they're not in jail at midnight, uh, they're asleep. Um, and I was thinking about how the fact that when the jailer put them in the inner prison, it says that he specifically shackled their feet, their ankles. Um, and and that, that probably made it really difficult to sleep. They're in this inner dungeon. It's probably wet, cold. They're shackled. And, uh, and so guess what? At midnight, they're not sleeping. In fact, it says that the other uh, inmates weren't sleeping either because they were all listening. So, so you have this group of people in this inner dungeon, and, and they're literally quarantined. I mean, can you relate? Okay. Um, they are, they are in their, this, this inner prison, and, and they're not sleeping. And so midnight for me represents those moments of time when you're not able to do what you ordinarily do. And, uh, and I love this, like, what do we do when, when we're not able to do what we normally do? I'll tell you what we do. We send out memes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a bunch of them because I had just a few that I, that, that I really thought were fantastically funny. And so, come on, laugh with me because I think we all need that. And if we were Paul and Silas and we had access to memes, this is what we would be doing. I love this one. What I had always pictured myself wearing during, during the apocalypse, what actually happened? <laughs> oh, so good. I'm pretending you're laughing with me. Okay. This year's school yearbook photo. <laughs> this guy hanging out in his little uh, little pajamas like, wah, wah, Debbie Downer. Next one. I said, grab just the hard-to-find essentials. Dad grabbing the Harry Potter Legos. Yeah, I did. <laughs> totally essential. And then this last one. This is great for all you parents out there that are trying to homeschool your kids. Feeling guilty about your kids watching too much TV? Just mute it and turn closed captions on and boom, they're reading. <laughs> oh, I love that. Parents, can you relate with me and, uh, and our journey at home? Um, that's, that's what we do. But on a more serious note, the reality is um, we, we definitely try and, and, and navigate um, what is it that we do when, when we can't do what we normally do? Um, we can't go to work. We can't go out to eat. I mean, my wife and I walked across the street and did some takeout, but uh, just to have some like get out of the house moments. But w- what do you do? And I think that we have a front row seat on, on what the world does when they can't do what they ordinarily do. Everything's thrown out of place. Um, and it's, it's an extremely interesting um, time. And so uh, I, I wrote this. What do we do? We strategize. Then we predict what's, what's going what's gonna to happen here. And then, and then we talk to the other inmates about their opinion. 
And we go, hey, how, do you, how long do you think we're going to be in quarantine? We get their advice. We get their opinions. And then we freak out. And then we uh, wash, rinse, and repeat. We strategize. <laughs> what should we do now? How long is this going to happen? We predict. Um, I think it's going to go two weeks. No, I think it's going to go four weeks. No, I think that this is the end of the world. Then we ask other people on social media, what do you guys think? The people that are just informed as we are? <laughs> and then we freak out. And then we do it again. This is what the world does at midnight when, when you can't sleep, when you can't do what you ordinarily do. And, and I just want to highlight the fact that I believe that these moments, we were made for this. We, the church, we were made for this. And listen, I don't mean religion. I, I, I don't mean a church building. Hopefully I don't mean a church building because you're not in a church building, but I mean the church of Jesus Christ, those who are connected with the creator of the universe and believe there's a bigger picture here. And I wrote this, midnight is when the church is most alive. Midnight, when, when things are out of sorts, when you can't do what you ordinarily do is when the church is most alive because it's in these moments we decide which kingdom we belong to and to what we give power power. Are you giving power over to things that have no business having power over you? Things like fear, things like anxiety, things like worry and freaking out. Those things are not of the kingdom that we are a part of. And these are the moments, like Paul, that we decide at midnight, you know what? This here, this is not my kingdom. And so moving on in the story, uh, Paul uh, and Silas do something that's sort of crazy, and it's seen in uh, the later part of the verse. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And I was thinking about another story when, when I came across this, and I was envisioning Paul and Silas, and, and they're in this prison, and they can't do what they ordinarily do. They'd be sleeping. They'd be in their bed. Instead, they're in this inner dungeon. Their feet and hands are shackled. They're cold, they're dark, and they can't sleep. They have no idea how long the quarantine will last. And they start praying and singing hymns to God. Now, we're going to get to the hymns and, and the worship songs because I think that these were, these were unlike your standard hymnal book because of what takes place after this. But... As I was imagining this, I was thinking about a story in, in, in the Bible where Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And I'm going to show you a picture of it in a minute, but before I want to read the scripture because it's really profound. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says this in Matthew chapter 16. He says, I, Jesus, will give you the you he's talking to, his disciples, the church, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm. Remember, these are the times when the church thrives because we realize this is not our kingdom here on earth. We are a part of a different kingdom and Jesus is speaking of it. And he says, I'm gonna give you the keys of the heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released 
in heaven. Now, it's important to understand where Jesus was during this time. See, Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi, and here's a picture of it that I'm going to throw up on the screen. See, uh, I went to Israel, and, and, and I was able to actually stand where they believe that Jesus and the disciples would be standing. See, this was a pagan city. It was run by the Roman Empire. Uh, the disciples would have no business going to this city. And in fact, they believed that um, Jesus and the disciples may not have even gone into the city. They may have been on the peripheral. And this is where Jesus was saying, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now, I always thought the gates of hell was like, you know, the pit of hell and, you know, the enemy's not going to prevail. And, and that, that makes sense. And I, don't, and I think that that's consistent with the whole of scripture, that the church is going to push against the gates of hell. But you have to understand that Jesus was referring to the actual gates of hell, which is that cave that was called the gates of hell. And it was a pagan temple that was built around that cave. And to appease the gods, they would throw in newborn children into that cave. And when the blood splat in the cave, they believed that the pagan god was satisfied. This is how evil these times were. And Jesus and his disciples sat watching this happen. And Jesus says, listen, I'm giving you power and authority over even this kind of evil. I wrote this, this thought. Jesus taught his disciples that they have power to release the kingdom of heaven even in the darkest of situations. And I don't know about you, but um, I don't even have to pinch myself to, to realize that we are in one of those moments. This is a moment that I think we are all going to look back on 2020 as something that took the world by surprise and we've never seen anything like it in our lifetime. And yet, even in these moments, Paul and Silas are modeling something for us that we can release the kingdom of heaven right in the midst of our situation. And I just want to say, like, it's time. I wrote in my notes, it's time. It's time to put the phone down, put the social media down. I mean, not right now. Don't put the social media down. Keep watching. <laughs> but put... Put the Facebook, scrolling the Facebook and Instagram down. Put the YouTube down and the, Instagram and, and the, uh, the um, uh, Netflix and all of those things. And let's begin to lean in like never before in prayer and in worship and inviting the real kingdom that we are a part of. See, we're a part of a different kingdom and inviting that kingdom here to change the atmosphere of our home, the atmosphere of our soul, now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's instantly going to cause the virus to go away. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with the virus. We don't have any control over that. I believe, I, I'm telling you what, I'm drawing a bloodline around my family, around my friends, around my church, that, that no virus is going to come in and infect the church. But listen, when we bring the kingdom of heaven here, we lean into worship and prayer in these Moments, you were made for this. You were made for this. This is not a time to cower and be afraid. Jesus was saying to the disciples in the midst of that ugly, listen, those gates of hell will not prevail against the power that I'm giving you to release heaven here on earth. Come on, this is good preaching. 
I was watching uh, the, the governor uh, do his thing and, and share kind of what's going on in California two days ago when he sort of announced, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lockdown on, on the, the state. And, and I appreciated it. And listen, I, I think that everyone in, uh, in government, I appreciate what they're doing. I appreciate the way that they're trying their very, very best to, uh, to, to um, uh, help all of us. But he said a phrase that, that I think he said probably, I think I counted 11 times that he said this phrase in the midst of his talk. And it was this phrase, we need to meet this moment. And at first I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of a cool way of saying it. We need to meet this moment. And then as it, he kept going, he kept saying it, he kept saying it. It was just echoing in my mind, meet this moment, meet this moment. And I want to tell you, you were made for this moment. And listen, I'm not saying that the government or the governor has, has any spiritual uh, power to bring to meet this moment, but I think it's a good reminder to you and I as the church, let's meet this moment. How are you meeting this moment? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm rejecting the things that are not from heaven, like fear, like anxiety, like confusion. Oh my gosh, how many times have you been confused this week in the last 48 hours? How many times have you been confused? I'm rejecting. God is not a God of confusion, and I'm bringing heaven to earth. And listen, the thing that I had on my my mind this morning is I'm releasing the joy of the Lord. Those are the things that we have control over. Listen, I can't control the virus but I can control the atmosphere of my home, the atmosphere of my soul, releasing the joy of the Lord into our situation. This is what it looks like to meet our moment. And I think, church, it's time. It's time to recognize the power that we have. And it's contagious. It's contagious because we go on, and in verse chapter 25, it says that, the prisoners were listening. Do we have that up? Uh, verse chapter 25. It says, um, the prisoners were listening to them. Uh, I, find this, I find this interesting. First of all, the prisoners weren't sleeping. It's midnight. And I thought, why were they listening? And then I realized it's pitch black. We know that because the jailer had to turn the lights on to, to even see if the prisoners were still there. So the other prisoners were sitting in complete darkness and all of a sudden out of the darkness, they begin to hear hope arise. They begin to hear the melody of heaven. See, what do, what do people do when they can't see? They listen. I think that we're surrounded by people all around us that have no ability to see past this moment. They're blind by their own fear, anxiety, lack of hope, and they are listening. I'm telling you, church, they are listening for hope. And maybe you're tuning in here and you tuned in because you're like, man, I kind of need some of that hope. And I'm in that situation. I have been listening. And man, I'll tell you what, I've been listening to CNN and ABC and Fox News. And I've been listening to all the YouTube and all the rhetoric. And it's not the melody of hope. 
And yet in the darkness of this moment, we have the opportunity to begin to sing. And your neighbors and the people down the street and your colleagues at work that you can't even socialize with, they may not be able to hear your actual melody, but I promise your life speaks in a way that in this time more than ever, they can hear. They're listening for hope. See, and these two guys, um, they had been radically saved. So this was a melody of transformation. It was a melody of redemption. Uh, in fact, Paul the Apostle says himself of, of the gospel uh, in Colossians chapter 1, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. This was the message of Paul and Silas in the midst of the darkest place. They had no idea when they were going to get out. And yet Paul sings a melody, Silas sings a melody that we've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness. This is not our home. It's not our home. The last thing that we see, I want to close on this. In verse 28, it says, Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, talking to the jailer, for we are all here. Now, if you're like me, you're reading the story and you're like, wow, this is super anticlimactic because Paul and Silas, they're in this prison and they're praying and they're like, God, help us. And then all of a sudden, literally, there's an earthquake that shakes the actual prison, wakes up the jailer, everyone's chains loose, the, the, the prison doors open, and then they don't leave. They literally stay in prison enough time for the jailer to wake up, freak out, get his sword out, almost kill himself because he assumed everybody left, turns on the lights and realizes, whoa, they're not in prison, but they're still here. Super epic. Why? Why didn't they leave? I, I actually don't understand. You and I are quarantined. And it's easy for us, like it would be easy for Paul and Silas, to look at the problem instead of the purpose of God. The problem is this coronavirus. The problem is I'm at home. The problem is my job or my work is suffering. Those are very real things. And I don't want to minimize any of them. People are dying. That's serious. And we need to lean into that in prayer and worship and believe that those chains are going to be broken. But in the middle of that, Paul and Silas are hanging out and they didn't actually leave because they didn't see it like we see it. They they had eyes to see something that was unearthly. They, they weren't from this kingdom. See, Paul wasn't threatened by quarantine. He was empowered by it. Paul realized that this is an opportunity that God has created. And, and while every second I'm in quarantine, I'm going to provide hope 
I'm going to release the joy of the Lord. I'm going to pray that every single one of these prisoners gets out. But at the end of the day, the problem is not I'm in prison. This is an empowerment moment for the church to realize that people are looking for the good news of Jesus everywhere like never before. And we know that because the last part of this scripture literally says that the, his response was, they, he brought out all of the prisoners and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, listen, I... I believe with all of my heart that, that this moment will be recorded in, in, in our church's history, the church of Jesus Christ across the globe as a time when people are coming to know the Lord like never before. Because can I can tell you, there is something greater and a lot worse than contracting the, 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 the coronavirus. There's something worse than being quarantined in your house. There's something worse than businesses going out of business or, or the stock market crashing. The thing that's worse than that is spending eternity separated from God, not understanding that your creator loves you and wants relationship with you. And there are people all over the place that are living their life hopeless, disconnected and alone from their creator. And I just want to say that I believe with all my heart, Jesus is rallying the church for a people that don't know Jesus that will come and say, what must I do to have the joy and the peace and the hope that you have found? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And I just want to give this opportunity if you're tuning in online, maybe you just started watching a few minutes ago and you've been searching for hope. Man, I just, I can't help but think that these are the moments that God crafted and shaped for you. God's knocking on the door of your heart. He's not trying to just save you momentarily from quarantine. He is after your eternity. He is after your soul and he is the lover of, of your heart. And so I pray right now that you would hear the sound of hope. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me? If you're interested in that hope, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I am a sinner in need of a savior. Save me, make me new, and I will live for you from this moment on in Jesus' name. We believe if you prayed that prayer, you were born again and you are no longer from this kingdom, but from the kingdom of heaven and you have hope that does not disappoint the church. You were made for this moment. Now, before we conclude our, uh, our time this morning, uh, I just want to do a little bit of family business. And the first thing is uh, I want to highlight the fact that um, we have a, a couple that, uh, that have been a part of our church, Kevin and Lawlin, for, uh, since we started. They were in the house with us, and they are leaving. Uh, they got an incredible house, living with family in Virginia, and they leave in a couple of days. This would be their last Sunday at church, but of course they couldn't gather with us. And so I just want to celebrate them. As a church, we send them out. Uh, they, they have been nothing but an encouragement and a loving family for our church for our church body. They have made such an impact. And so uh, Kevin and Lawlin, if you're watching, we just want to say we love you. 
uh, we send you out with a blessing. And you always have a home in our hearts and here at Heart Church. Uh, The last thing I wanted to say is I just want to give um, an opportunity for those who are still looking to continue their tithes and offerings with Heart Church. Obviously, we're continuing to exist as a church, and we believe that it won't, won't be too long before we can gather again. Until then, we're going to really be uh, going after social media and making platforms like this to connect. But uh, we have a slide where um, uh, you can you know, go online and uh, pay through our uh, website or um, go ahead and um, send in a, uh, an envelope. I think we have an app or, or a slide for that. And so uh, online, uh, envelopes, mobile, uh, please take advantage of that. And so that way we can continue as a church to move forward. I believe that this time more than ever, the church of Jesus Christ is going to grow. God bless you. We love you. Have an awesome rest of the day. And uh, we'll see you next time.